Hello and welcome to the Metapod of Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Another more, we are becoming a morning recording podcast, Sean. Is this like two or three weeks in a row that we're in the morning? I don't know about in a row. I think we might have done one in the evening, but we we are finding time where we're not having to like record at night because I think we're both are like, man, if I could get my Monday night back a little every now and again, that's nice. Well, I think a lot of it is like usually because I'm streaming in the in the morning and then I'm streaming over on Twitch and then I go like straight to the office because I got like press releases to go out the wazoo that come out like one, two, three, things like that. Um, but like today I stream I streamed on Easter for like eight, nine hours because I just had nothing else to do. I was like, you know, I might as well hang out. I don't have work or anything. Oh, yeah. Um, I- and I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm hurting. So I, I took the I took the morning off of that. So yeah, I saw I saw that you were streaming, Jake. So uh, yeah, you raided me after your wonderful Digimon tournament. Thank I you did. for that. And then yeah. you gifted a sub. Mm, no, yeah. wait, you did do I, I, it. You I did a reset. I donated bit. I was already yeah. Subbed, you threw bits at me. But yeah, I was like, it, I saw it was a twelve month sub, and I'm like, that was a moment where I was like, wait, I first basically discovered, I like you know you your chat. I say discovered like you know I came across you for the first time a year yeah. ago. And I think it wasn't much long after that that I reached out to you about starting a podcast. So we we are getting very close on the one year mark. How many weeks are in a year? Like 54? 52. And We're I think on episode we missed, 42, I think. Yeah, and I think we might have missed like two episodes somewhere in there. Two weeks. Maybe just one. I, think, I don't no, no, know two. if we... Have we missed an episode? Yes. We've had a week or two where we couldn't do it. I think it was over the holidays and stuff. I trust you. Anyways, we got a lot to talk (laughs) about today. There was a bunch. Well, there was like the same amount of tournaments as normal, but these tournaments were hefty. So we kind of want to focus a lot on the meta today, but we got a couple of topics before and after that as well that are of interest and intriguing in their own rights. But, you know, the most intriguing part, in my opinion, Sean, it is the wonderful five-star reviews that our listeners bring. So, Sean, yeah. take it away. I think you have the five-star review this week, do well, you? I'm going to read it. I'm going. I'm going. There we go. You know, Go Tommy Goes, I'm going to go. So uh, this one is a five-star review from Go Tommy Goes. Uh, it's a pretty, it's short, it's simple. I love it. Rad dudes, great show. Some knowledge, rad dudes, keeping it real. True poggers. True poggers. That's how you know that somebody <laughs> watches on Twitch, one of our yeah. channels, because they say poggers. I wonder, and you know what, Sean? Poggers to you, too. Poggers. Poggers to everyone. A merry poggers to you. I want to say as well, I this is this is brand new to Sean. I just thought of this. But on YouTube, first of all, thank you for everyone who's watching and liking the videos on YouTube. The video versions of the podcast, I very much appreciate you. If you also, maybe you don't leave um, reviews on Apple because you don't listen on Apple or Spotify or whatever, you know, leave a leave a nice comment. I'll start reading the comments with five star reviews. You know, we read a five star review. We read We review a comment um, that way. You know, it helps boost up interaction, you know, boost us up through the algorithm on YouTube. And you know what? I feel like y'all should get shout outs, too, because if you're looking at my ugly mug and Sean's beautiful face, you probably deserve to get a to get your uh, comments read as well. So, all right. Get get that. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll make it a five star review and uh, favorite comment from the last episode thing. 
it'll basically be titled as like our yeah. wonderful audience. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. The wonderful audience segment. With support from viewers like you. It's the PBS thing. <laughs> but Sean, you know what is not wonderful? PSA what? suspending their card grading services amid TCG interest. I'm pulling this off of pokeybeach.com. This was kind of a big deal. Um, we have seen in the last couple of weeks that PSA, due to the sheer volume that they have started getting since early March, um, has started to raise their prices. I think they doubled across the board of all of their stuff in terms of grading card services and things like that. But now they're shutting it off completely, Sean. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have you been following like PSA pricing and all of that stuff? I have not super intriguingly, but I do know um, a buddy of mine, content creator, OK J Love, an Australian card opener, collector, does a lot of great stuff, really good creator. Um, I highly recommend jumping on his YouTube channel or Twitch. Great guy. Um, he actually just put out a video about card grading services and how he's pretty much done. And he kind of talks about like the backstory of how like PSA got to this point. You know, with the start of the Luka Donich card. I don't know if you're aware of that card, the uh, like 2019 the, rookie card or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of Luka Doncic. I would love to get a rookie card from Luka, but they're crazy expensive in BG. You could have gotten it for like 15 bucks in like March, Sean. But now a PSA 10 graded card apparently goes for like 2000 Australian dollars, which I don't know what that is in USD, but I know that's a butt ton of money. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it kind of talks about the history and like why why he's it's a very, very good video. Highly recommend. I won't spoil too much of it. Um, so then you go actually go watch the video. But, but oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, like, you know, PSA has raised their prices before this. I think once or maybe even twice they were raising their prices of their like base level like submission. So like bulk submissions, which is the cheapest. And usually that's done by like third-party company, so you send your cards off to, like, Ludkins or whatever, and then they send it into PSA as a bulk submission of, like, 200-plus cards. And so every tier had a price increase to hopefully try to stop people from sending so many cards in, but clearly that didn't work. And then I guess, yeah, PSA is just kind of like... And if, if you've been following, you know that PSA, like, the turnaround times this last year have gotten absurd, like... It's literally been, like, a year Yeah, for like, some people. people will send a card in... And then it's six months, nine months, whatever, until they get it back, depending on how much they paid. And so it's just absolutely absurd. And um, I'll, yeah, I'll be interested to see how this affects um, CGC in particular, because if, for those of you not familiar, PSA is like the standard is maybe the wrong word, but like the go-to for Pokemon cards for forever. Mm -hmm. um, and you could have sent them into Beckett. That's what like, if you really want like a, the most fancy version of a grading, Beckett was like, oh, you can get a BGS 10 and that's better than a PSA 10. But then CGC, Yeah, like the gold star or the black star or oh, whatever, yeah. gold star 10 is like way more than a PSA 10, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 black label, a black label yeah, BGS that's, 10. Yeah, that's the... So, and now CGC has come onto the scene and, um, you know, I think CGC is going to see a lot more obvious uptick in newer submissions because there's not... It's not really anybody else to go to. I'm sure like both BGS and CGC are going to shoot and skyrocket in terms of submissions and stuff. And then overall, like their 
gradings in general will probably become more valuable and stuff. And I'm I'm really curious, one, how long this holdout is going to be from PSA. Sean, I wonder how long they're going to do. Are they just going to wait until they catch up or are they going to wait until they expand their business to like open up more um, grading locations? I don't know what you would call it. Um, hire more employees. Like yeah. I, I'm not 100 percent sure how their operation runs. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's hiring and training to grade, right? And that yeah. is the bottleneck because there's only so many humans that know how to grade cards. And when you hire a new person, it's not like um, hiring somebody at an Amazon fulfillment center or whatever. Not that that's the easiest job, but it's not an expertise of like knowing what a card is, understanding how to grade it, and. So it's a long process relative. I wonder if PSA is like hiring. They're all you know, like trying to constantly hire like new people. And because like this has been since March that we've really seen this fluctuation. Right. March 2020. Yeah. I mean, it takes a while for a business to like expand and like build new locations and things like that. So this this has kind of been like super sped out of the blue. Yeah. I What I would say overall, though, I I have thought about sending cards in to get graded, and I might start doing them to CGC piecemeal. That's what I was going to do anyways. But broadly speaking, I honestly think like, I don't know, man, if you can, if you're not trying to flip cards, just don't send them in in right now. It's going to be the most expensive to grade the cards that will ever be. Because oh, yeah. Once the craze dies down a little bit, it'll it'll open back up. You'll get them faster. It'll cost less. Just like I think you'll actually see a huge rise in the number of, you know, people that are selling cards raw on like eBay and stuff rather than trying to chase PSA 10. Um, and yeah, that's what I'd say is just, you know, whatever you pull, just hold on to it. If you're a collector, don't worry about this. This is not. You know what you should do? This is what I do. Hold on. I'm digging. Oh, <laughs> So I've got a great reason to have ETBs. I have this ETB that's like PSA eventual. And so I like put the card in a card saver and I'm like, I will have this card and I just put it in here. And like when I have enough money someday or when I live next to a PSA grading place, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to take a lot of these and bring them over to PSA. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same. I, I really think that's what you do. Keep your ETB cases and like and just keep them in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly like, you know, so I the funny thing is like, you know, everyone's like, oh, PSA suspending grading services. To be honest, honest, though, like the average person doesn't care. The average person is like, OK, cool. So my cards, I can't get a graded version of X for a while. Whatever. <laughs> this is like this only really affects, honestly, scalpers and flippers which maybe this will have a positive impact on that if people can't rip and flip uh, with PSA quickly. How much do you want to bet if you went on eBay right now and you typed in last PSA Charizard ever? Do you think you'd find it and like no. find like five different listings of last no. PSA Charizard ever? I am almost positive somebody is going to write that on eBay, but... Don't believe it. I guarantee it's a lie. someone's going to write that. Someone's going to buy it. and It's going to sell for a butt ton of money. You heard it here first. Record breaking Charizard sale on eBay labeled as last ever PSA Charizard. <laughs> oh, Saying God. it. People are just don't don't believe it. Don't believe it. There's going to be a billion just... more coming in the next six months. Anyways, Sean, let's move on to the next thing. So, um, 
with uh, Silver Lance and Black Jet Poltergeist coming out in Japan here soon. We just found out special art promos for them. This is off of PokeGuardian.com. I love PokeGuardian. As you can see on the screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, this Celebi art, this is the Celebi promo art here, and it is phenomenal. It is absolutely gorgeous on this card. Like it is, these are apparently different cards as well from the Sword and Shield base Celebi V and the Sandaconda V mm -hmm. from Rebel Clash. So not only are they getting alternate arts, but they're getting new cards in general. Sandaconda V, I don't know who decided that it should get a second V alternate art, but here we are, Sean. <laughs> I'm going to say, but when I heard Celebi, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then Sandaconda, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebi, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Why? Why Sandaconda? What, what are you doing? I don't like Celebi makes sense not only because it's a mythical Pokemon, it's a very beloved Pokemon, but it's also a part of the Zerud movie, the upcoming Zerud movie. Oh, of course, oh. that Celebi is apparently shiny, though. So I don't know. It surprises me a little bit that this Celebi is not shiny, but Santa kind I, I got no idea. <laughs> so, it, yeah, those watching on YouTube, you can see the Celebi. Absolutely gorgeous. The Santa Conda. It's cool. It's a pretty card, but it's not Celebi. I will tell you right now, a fourth of the card's art is a radiator. <laughs> I mean... You're not wrong. I, just, I mean, I'm like, I, I get you want to put me in a setting, but like, why is so much of this art a radiator? As somebody who lives in New York, I see this all the time. I don't want this on my Pokemon art. <laughs> he he got to stay warm, though, Sean. I, I got to stay warm. That's fair. Oh, but... But yeah, what was the so what's the interesting thing you were telling me about earlier? Like why why this promo in particular is unique? So this is really intriguing to me. So like I am more opt to like know and buy Japanese products than you, Sean, I yes. think, right? Yeah. So when I've bought products, so you buy a box of Dream League, the set that morphed into Cosmic Eclipse, you got a special in the box when you bought it from an LGS or they call it Pokemon Gym. Um, Pokemon card gym stores. That's what they call it in Japan. That's like the LGSs and stuff and leagues here. Um, but you bought a box of Cosmic Eclipse Dream League and inside the box, you get like a box top promo of Lillian Clefairy, mm -hmm. only available in Japan. In Battle Styles, if you bought both Single Strike and Rapid Strike, you would get a box promo of... Um, of the the honey full art and if you bought just the single boxes so you just bought one rapid strike or one single strike you would get a rillaboom or a cinderace v but now with this we we started to get into if you buy two boxes of silver lance you get the promo special sandaconda and then if you buy two boxes of jet black poltergeist you get the celebi so it's weird that we've seen this like slow increase of promos per se almost i mean the the battle styles thing kind of makes sense because you're gonna get a promo mm -hmm. if you buy a single box and then if you buy them together you buy two of them and you buy them together cool you get an additional promo which is like worth more you know and and cooler per se but now it's like it's not buying the two boxes together it's buying you like you gotta buy four boxes to get these two promo cards and it's like it's not like four boxes, you know, you buy you buy like a pair of them and you get one of the promos 
and then you buy another pair and you get the other promo it's like it's really weird sean i it yeah. just and i i will say too knowing that jet black poltergeist is the one that's going to come with um shadow rider calyrex yes and that's the good one so i'm like why did you put the good promo with the good card box and now that jet black jet black poltergeist is going to be so expensive relative to silver lance i think i think it's going to be like at least 10 20 more for a, a box of jet black yeah i mean just from that i mean here's what you're going to do though a lot of people on ebay are not even going to sell the celebi r2 because those yeah. those ebay sellers are just like you know they're just sellers they're like me listing this uh this nintendo 3ds on the on the market you know they're going to keep the promo they're going to sell the promo separately probably um so like your best bet is probably if you want this celebi card is just gonna just go outright buy the single it's probably going to be a lot of money but you know what it's probably worth it or if you know people from japan have them uh have them help <laughs> you out a little bit if you got them japanese connections but I also like I also want to wonder because this is set by like this is set by the stores and stuff. I want to know how big like scalping is in Japan because card prices in for Japanese product, at least coming into like the states from like eBay and stuff, it has jumped up a bit. You know, I remember when I could buy a box of Dream League for, you know, fifty five dollars. Now I think it's like eighty five bucks or something like that. And I mean, sets get older and whatever, but the set's yeah. not that old. But I mean, um, especially over there. But I mean, like eighty five dollars for any box in America in English is like <laughs> it's like one hundred fifty now. Right. So I do think, though, that like I think it's going out like Dream League to your point. Dream League now is going on a year, almost a year and a half old. So that I think is the main reason for that one going up. But like Shiny Star V is the only Japanese set that I think the price is super high because it's just such a good set, right? Yeah, I just like, I wonder if, I just, I don't know. I don't know anybody in Japan. I don't know like many like insider knowledge in Japan. I wonder how bad like scalping is. That's, that's when I hear the like two box thing, that's what I that's what I like wonder, Sean. Like how bad is it over there? Is it as bad as it is here? I would People doubt lining up at game shops fighting for <laughs> for things at Target at 8 a.m. I mean, from what I hear from SM Pratt, one another PokeTuber, he he talks about how Japanese uh the Japanese market, the printing to meet demand is is much tighter. Meaning it's um they have they're doing a much better job right now at the amount that they print and the amount that people want to buy. It's nothing like the rest of the world. It's nothing like English. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, it's a, you know, great for a, if you're a Japanese player, right? If that's the card that you want, everything is cheaper in Japan. So, I mean, they're running tournaments and everything right. all the time. Right. So and they just had the regional the other, oh my the other gosh, week. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, you know, if you really want your Pokemon fix, actually, an interesting thing, if you really want your Pokemon fix and you don't care, necessarily about english versus japanese maybe just switch to japanese it's cheaper you can get product more easily you could yeah buy. they also japanese is going to have all these promos that we'll never see in english so i don't know maybe it's a good time for a collector out there i've been who's tired just i've been telling people this for like eight months i was like if you want to get into collecting pokemon cards like go japanese 
I mean, you don't care anyways what the card says, right? You're not reading the attacks. You're not trying to figure out how busted the card is. You just want the art, right? Like you yeah. love the card for the art and like the rarity and stuff. And it's all there in it's all there in Japan. They get it earlier. It's like always cheaper. You know, you want PSAs. The Japanese cards are usually cheaper than the English versions. If you're a YouTuber and you want to get them clicks, you can open up cards before everybody else has opened up the English stuff. Yeah, and boom, there you go. You could be uh, Neon Cactus, I think is. He's really right. boomed in the last like year, I feel like. Yeah. So He opens up all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, Max Mofo, actually. That's, he, he does open up English, but he's way more. Oh, he's been doing that for a while, though. Yeah, but he, exactly. But like, you know, he does way more Japanese now because also English is impossible to find. So he's oh, sitting yeah. here like, I'm not going to overspend on a lot of English products. F it. I'm just going to open Japanese. Yeah, I mean, work smarter, not harder. That's what my uh, <laughs> grandpappy always said. But uh, uh, Sean, you know what is... I don't know how to transition that. There were a <laughs> lot of tournaments this past weekend and a lot of big ones as well, including four consecutive 200-plus player tournaments, almost a 600-player tournament in the Chill TCG Series 25 that had a tropical beach and 300 battle styles on the line. So, yeah, here, tropical beach reward, Sean, yeah, you're going for it, right? Uh, I mean, like, that's that's crazy. Um, from what I hear, getting a tropical beach online is absurdly expensive. Difficult to find. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I will say, though, I think, is this the biggest... <laughs> I think I mean, this was, I think the 586 players that participated in this did make it out to be the biggest online event on Limitless, I believe. I think like the online maybe, qualifiers when they were on like Battlefy and stuff or yeah, whatever, I yeah. think that was bigger mm -hmm. than this. But in terms of playlimitless.com, I believe, don't quote me on that, but I believe this was the biggest event hosted on the platform as of this recording shot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Except for, like, the POG championships and the original Limitless qualifiers. Yeah, this is massive. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, what we're seeing from the metagame? So we're not only going to be talking about this. This is the first one of the four tournaments. The other three were the Limitless Online Series Weekly 25, which Limitless Online Weekly Series has always a butt-ton of players for, like, a weekly tournament it's absolutely phenomenal 389 players sean hegster mm -hmm. season three the last chance qualifier 260 which i feel like it would have been more if it wasn't a last chance qualifier because you know that you have a group of people that already have their solidified amount of points or whatever that didn't want to play or whatever and then the channel fireball showdown which i think is a little bit more niche but still had 216 players along with possibly $2,000 in store credit if you beat the final boss toward which ended up happening, Sean. Oh, so looking at this, the winners of each tournament, Tempozard, Rapid Strike Urshifu with the Nets, Eternatus with the Power Plants, and also, again, Eternatus with the Power Plants. So we talk about Eternatus being dead, Sean. It won two of these four tournaments. Yeah, so I'm looking at the record right now for the Tropical Beach one. Is that Tempo's Art or Blounds? Or are they just using... Yeah, it's Tempo's Art. It is, art. like, morphed into Tempo's Art. It's, it's using the picture of Blounds, but it's, like, 
God. It's all called Tempo's art at this point, Sean. Unless you're playing like a one of Blacephalon, it's like all it's all just called Tempo's art pretty much. I mean, I will say, like, I'll open the image image here for the uh, the viewers on YouTube's. Um, Tempo's art, I played in my team challenge, right, as well this last weekend. Our team, unfortunately, we lost. It was hard fought, five to four, lost in the last round. But um, I think Tempo's art was, it was so, such a good pick for our opponents because the math is just, it's such an awkward matchup for so many decks i was playing victini v max and the math for victini v max is horrendous with against tempo zard um and yeah tempo zard they have like you have reshi which is beefy enough and can deal out a lot of damage and then yeah but it's a three prizer and then you have blounds that can deal out an unlimited amount of damage uh and and then you got cram that can snipe the bench it's like it's i don't know man it's just like it, unless they whiff welder, it feels like they have it, right? Yeah, they have it every single time. And then you have the consistency cards in there to make sure you don't hit welder. You know, you have those Jirachis mm -hmm. that we've seen from Team Up. Stellar Wish has been around a long, long, long time, Sean. You got Dedenes, Crobats, Oracorio. Draw three cards after Pokemon's knocked out. Oh, Blown gets knocked out or something like that. Oh, draw three cards. You got that Mewtwo there to put the welder back on top of the deck. You just have a lot of stuff to be able to not only aggressively draw and find exactly what you need, but as you were mentioning, the deck is so versatile. It's so versatile in the things that it wants to do. You know, we can decide, okay, we want to snipe Dedenne this turn, or we even want to get a Oracorio or a Crobat with that Zigzagoon, you know, using the nets. You know, we can blast something for 300, like an ADP. We can use... Uh, Blacephalon to blast an ADP if we want to, depending on what Pokemon we even start. Like, there's yeah. so many options. It's yeah. insane. I mean, if it were me, like, if I was looking into... We wanted to talk about, like, these decks in the context of, like, you know, some early thoughts on Players' Cup 4, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I would say this is definitely near the top for me if I was going to play Players' Cup 4. Um, because you think about making a run into you know all those grind grinding all your keys basically and you want to pick a deck that's going to be consistent enough um and can win a lot of the different matchups you put it put it against right and this deck is one of those decks right um there are no i, I don't at least see any super hard counters to this like like maybe eternatus power plant will stop you from drawing into another welder right but Outside of that, there's not a lot that can, I think, beat this super easily. I mean, ADPZ, if they're playing like a Zigzagoon Ping or a Rusty Sword, you take four prizes on a Zard, you take two prizes on a Blounds or a Jirachi and Dunzo. But I don't know. I, I think this is a very good pick because it has such a good matchup spread. Yeah, I feel like your toughest matchups, you know, are not finding Welder. That's like, honestly, yourself. your toughest matchup in <laughs> your this deck. Your toughest matchup is yourself. But also, but also, I think like Spiritomb is like the toughest matchup. And Spiritomb oh, yeah. is good, but not a lot of people like are able to sequence that deck appropriately mm -hmm. to be able to actually do well because that deck is so, is so, you, it's, you it's gotta be perfect with it almost at times. Yeah, it's, you're right. Spiritomb is a very... That was my other option that I was thinking about playing, actually, for my team challenge. And 
I played it and it was good, but I was just like, even if you are good at sequencing, sometimes like you don't have the right cards in the right order to get that damage onto spirit. It just, it can be awkward, I think sometimes. And mm -hmm. that's what stops me from ultimately picking it, which I think grinding a player's cup four with spirit tomb you're just asking to be exhausted. Makes your head hurt. Yeah, you're, just, you're like that. Don't do it to yourself. It's like grinding it with control. Don't do it to yourself. I will say though, the top eights. I'll go through the list of like I I went through all these tournaments and I recorded the top eights of like how many people or I'm sorry, how many archetypes featured in top eight. We had five of them, five Eternatus, Sean, five different Eternatus decks, two being the winners of tournaments and then three others that managed to squeak their way into the top eights victini variants i think it was a equal two two of mewtwo victini and then just regular victini made their way into the top eight rapid strike urshifu nets exclusively nets no sincino versions no just regular urshifu versions the version that plays four nets in my mind this is the best version of urshifu having played you know, the Sencino version, the net version, the regular version. This, in my mind, is the best version to play it as of right now, Sean. Don't mind the Electro Charger in Azul GG's list if you're watching this on YouTube. Oh, is that this a meme? Is part of a, this is part of a stream dare that he's got, you know, like a reward for subs and whatnot. You know, put a choose a card to put in my deck. But honestly, it worked out in his favor because Electro Charger is the perfect quick ball fodder. But if you if you want to take this list, just change an electro charger with like a, a Pokecom um, of something of the sorts. That's what he recommended is like the best option. But either way, even with a 59 card deck, Sean, <laughs> this deck is good. He plays like what? Top four, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see here. Um, I think he was top four in this tournament. He was fifth. fifth. Oh, fifth. I'm sorry. It's still very, very good. But and then Rahul Reddy ended up oh, no, winning. No. I with... think he actually got second. He ended up technically. Oh no 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 no. Okay, so there's like so much on this. Let's yeah, see. you got to scroll over, Sean. Got to scroll over. Yeah, it was fifth. So yeah, but Rahul Reddy ended up winning the next event, I believe. Um, that was the Limitless Online series. Yeah, with the Urshifu Rapid Strike deck with the Nets, not playing the Electro Charger, sadly, Obviously. but playing uh Playing a great catcher, playing. I think he replaced the. Uh, oh, he's got a Cheryl the, in this list. Yeah, he placed the Electro Charger with the Cheryl. Cheryl is a good card. I mean, especially after you use that second attack mm -hmm. off of Urshifu VMAX, you're discarding your energies anyway. You get hit, you survive. Well, free Cheryl, you know, and and then you can switch and do a Gale Thrust. And so, in terms of like the Nets version, right? You obviously the you have the variety of options of Jirachi, Giratina, and especially Mewtwo. I think for me that is the the extra bit maybe that makes this interesting is you can just fish out whatever supporter you want. Well, the thing is with like Urshifu, I mean that that second attack does 120 damage. There's a lot of times where you are like I have found out while playing this deck before the nets, like playing the Sencino version. A lot of times when I want to use that second attack, I'm 10 damage short, mm. you know? So that Zigzagoon, especially with the Nets, since you're playing the Jirachis off the Stellar Wish, the Garatina, the Mewtwo's, you know, that's a perfect opportunity to get that last damage counter that you need for something like an ADP, right? Because ADP has 280 H or base HP, 
Gale thrust is 150. The rapid strike is Shingma is 120. That's 270. You're 10 damage short, right? And that's just one situation of that, in my personal opinion. Hmm. I like provides that. the flexibility. Yeah, I gotta I gotta play around with this deck. I think um, this this looks really good, and uh, it's interesting. We we are we are back on that train of like I guess Rapid Strike is very good, just straight up. I guess that's the well. Best I mean, Rapid Strike has in my mind, mm -hmm. Rapid Strike has been the better version of the Urshifu coming out but like one-on-one -on -one, if you were to if you were to face rapid strike versus single strike i think single strike wins that matchup yeah. most of the time in my personal opinion now, um but one thing i'm not seeing in these lists and i'm just going to throw this out there because i saw i think it might have been zapdos tcg or somebody mention this and i i think it's a good call i think throwing in like a one of gengar mimic gx into a rapid strike list is actually a very interesting tech um because, you know, you think about the Dragapult Rapid Strike combo, right? But instead mm -hmm. of doing Dragapult, you just do Gengar Mimikyu. And the reason being, if you get the GX attack off first turn, right? Like this deck, it has no GX attack. You're not using any GX attack ever. So the option, at least, to say, I'm going to stop you playing any card can be filthy, I think. I just like the thing about that is just like the energy attachment. If you're not playing like the yeah. Dragapult version of Urshifu, like look at this list right here. You know, you have you have your fighting energies and you have your rapid strike energies. Now you have to go find the Aurora energies or something like that to be able to actually play this deck. And if if Urshifu Nets is the best version, you know, we saw four people do top eight with this archetype, this specific version of rapid strike Urshifu. You're gonna lose all of your energies, you know, playing mostly special energies because they're just gonna Tina, scoop up net, Tina, scoop up net, Tina, scoop up net. You're only gonna be able to Gale Thrust at all in the game, which there's sometimes where you wanna finish out a game sniping mm. things on the bench. Yeah, that's true. You right, you right. <laughs> I'm also surprised that this doesn't play the Mew. Because you've got you've got people sitting on the bench. With like your your Jirachi, your Dedede, your Mewtwo, Crobat, Zigzagoon, mm -hmm. Jirachi, backup Urshifu. Surprises me that there's no Mew in this matchup. Mew has been very prevalent in lists as of right now. Interesting. I will say though, Pikaram also had four appearances in top eight. Pikaram slowly coming back. I think, yeah, in the Limitless Online series, it plays second and third. So Pikaram and Eternatus, I mean, Pikaram doing that one thing yet again where we people are saying it's dead, but it's like <laughs> it's like that meme, Sean, where like where like um, it's the it's the robber like robbing an old person and the old person's like, oh, you're going to have to call the hospital. And then they pull out the gun and they're but like, not for but me. for you, <laughs> that's it's... that's like what Pikaram reminds me of, because it does it time and time again. But. We're looking at this list now. This is the second place Pikaram list, I believe. Yes, from the Limitless series. Yeah, so again, heavy on the Bolton like we usually do. This list doesn't really change anything up from Battle Styles. Does have a Tag Switch. I think Tag Switch is a very, very good card, in my opinion, because there's sometimes where, you know, maybe you want to move an energy off a Pikaram or Mewtwo or Raichu Raichu onto your Bolton, and then boom, the Mewtwo's are good for the Urshifu matchup. You know, you can... Yeah. Sneak it. I mean, probably at this point, because it's an open deck list, your opponent 
<laughs> is going to know that you like, oh, you play a Jirachi or you play Mewtwo. I'm going to get this Jirachi out so then my Mewtwo doesn't get absolutely slapped. Yeah. By like a Tandem Shock or whatever, a Bolton or not a Bolton play, but you know what I mean, Sean. But yeah. very, very good list. Peak Rob, again, that Bolton starting out is super good. And then Full Blitz is just a bonkers attack, Sean. I mean, there there's a card that came out i think like a week ago i bought a few of the boxes the blastoise vmax mm -hmm. um and the blastoise vmax has it's kind of a pikarami attack its first attack on the vmax is 120 and you can add three water energy to your pokemon in any way you like the crazy thing though is like why why just 120 pikaram does 150 what happened to the power creep pokemon why 120 yeah they're they're inching it back, Sean. I wonder if that Blastoise VMAX gets better post rotation with like Pikaram going away, with all these other cards going away. Eggro even. Yeah. What's it weak to? Lightning. Uh, oh yeah, when Pikaram goes away, it's an it's a water that's not weak to metal, so that's good. Yeah, thank goodness. A good a nice pair with Frostmoth. You know, I think but... yeah, you could do a, a Blastoise Melanie Lapras deck. Maybe that could be interesting. I don't, Sean. Go ahead and Anyways. make it. Anyways. Go ahead and make it. Put it on a YouTube video. <laughs> but I think that um, it's interesting to see that, that they reduced the damage on Blastoise because I think they realized that 150 for full Blitz is just too much, right? It's doing, a lot. Doing 150 and accelerating three energy, I think that's Pokemon realizing, wow, this card can't die because 150 is just too good. I mean, that guarantees a two shot on everything in the format at the time when this yeah. was released. And now Blastoise has to three shot. That's pretty bad. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, boy. But you know what's not bad, Sean? Tempo's Art and Mad Party and ADPZ along with Welder Mew3 each having three appearances in the top eight in general. Mad Party kind of surprising. Not going to lie. And mad party. Oh, here's the mad party. Doc Hudson and the Hexter. Yeah. Hexter had two of the three appearances in the top eight. Um, mad party. Good level ball. Just an absurd card um, with mad party. Whimsicott. You know, all of these decks that you want to build that have these small little Pokemon. And uh, I think it just it just gets so much better with level ball, in my honest opinion, Sean. Yeah, but you're absolutely I mean, I'm wondering, like, what? He lost to ADPZ, OVS. But then, yeah, he didn't play any other ADPZs the entire tournament. The thing, the trend that I'm seeing is ADPZ has definitely dipped in terms of how it's doing in top. It, it's constantly the number one deck played, Sean, in terms of meta shares. Across these four events, it averaged out 12.2825% across the four tournaments in terms of the metagame the most popular deck by far. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of these other decks take out ADPZ and take out that ADP as soon as it alter creations, which a lot of times, if you knock out an ADPZ as soon as it alter creations, you almost like always win hmm. unless they get the absolute stones and hit all their <laughs> metal saucers attachment and, boss in in that one hand but anyway sean you get them from ultimate rank that sways you very very far in this matchup and look at these decks that are in the top you know you got eternatus with mm. 
that has the ability to one shot, you know, with the Zigzagoon pings and then also putting the Pokemon down with a very, very low attachment. You have the Victini variants, especially with the Mewtwo, you know, we still have that Charizard GX from Hidden Fates that does 300 off of four energies on that GX move. That's a very powerful GX move, especially in that matchup that swings that favor very, very well. You have Urshifu Nets, you know, that Gale Thrust, you could do that early and then you finish it off, like I mentioned, with the Goon Pings and the uh, the, uh, the the Nets and the, the, the Swing to place damage in a lot of places. You have the Pikaram. Pikaram, always been a good card, always been an okay matchup against uh, ADPZ, continues to be an okay matchup against ADPZ. And then another one, Tempozard. Tempozard, you know, not only the Blacephalon, like we were talking about earlier, having an uncapped potential and damage, but also the Reshiram and Charizard hitting that, um, hitting that GX move for 300 if it's got a bunch of energies on it. And then Mad Party. Mad Party with level balls getting better. That has the ability to one-shot ADP as well. Even two-shot, to be honest. Even two-shot, because you can go second as Mad Party, hit with the Benelby, you know, and then their second turn, which is turn three of the game, they alter creation. This ADP has already been chipped for, like, what, 120 damage, maybe? So it's got, like, 160 left. That's only two more Mad Partiers to put in the discard. That's very easy for this deck. And so, like... This is the thing, like a lot of these decks now are emerging that have the ability to get this huge damage output very early that's honestly dropped ADPZ. It's still very relevant. It's still very good, in my opinion, because a lot of people know how to play it. A lot of people are good with it. There's a lot of kind of different techs and stuff that you can play around with for different matchups. But it's starting to fall, Sean, in my opinion. I mean, I'm trying to like think of <clears throat> there's one deck I have it I have it pulled up here, um, which is Decidui. I'm trying to figure out why Decidui isn't is it you know why why is this a bad meta call? What do you because you is? have stage twos? I mean, but I mean Decidui has always been stage twos, right? And I think a week or two ago, Decidui won a tournament in the Battle Styles format. Yeah, it can win tournaments. But it has to, I mean, think about think about these decks also that are able to do it. You know, Urshifu, you know, I think it was Azul when he was playing that Urshifu list. He was like one turn away from beating a Decidui deck because of the ability to not only constantly gust, to move around and hit different things, you know, on the field. You know that if you, you can catch, if they only get one Rowlet out at a time, it is very easy mm. to just constantly chase that Rowlet, you yeah. know, and especially if they like maybe prize the Mew or they can't find the Mew right away, you know, because they value like another Rowlet instead of the Mew. That also makes it incredibly easy to use that second attack because, you know, they're not knocking you out. Turn one, they can only do 90 damage on you at one time. So you pile on that energy and then you snipe two Rowlets, Dartrixes, things like that. Yeah. It's very, it's like, but here's the thing. Also, you get things like Tempozard, you know, that Blacephalon obliterates you. You know, Welder, like Victini VMAXs play that Volcanion, absolutely obliterate you. I think, I can't remember which tournament it was, but somebody in their Eternatus list played a Phoebe. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense because also that'll let you hit through Zamazenta. So if you're playing up against a Luke Metal, Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, because I was worried in my team challenge, I played I was playing Victini VMAX, and I don't have any um, 
You know, there's no, um, what's it called? There's no answer Volcanians. to Decidueye or Luke Metal. Right. Or I'm sorry, or like Zamazenta. Yeah, there's no, I don't have any Volcanians or anything in it. So I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to throw in, I threw in one Phoebe. I never used it because none of my opponents had those decks. But I did put in one Phoebe because I'm like, all right, we'll see. Um, the thing about Decidueye, it's, it's only good when people are not prepared for it, right? I mean, like... Mm -hmm. If it gets into the top eight, it can do pretty well. It can do pretty well because usually those people in the top eight don't really think about Decidueye at all. It's the rounds as you're progressing through the tournament that people are prepared for Decidueye, in my opinion. Also, yeah. that Luke Metal matchup is so hard. <laughs> yeah, because you end up doing no damage and it's just who decks out first. Uh, yeah, and it's really interesting because Luke Metal, even though, you know, you didn't hear me say it in the top eights, Luke Metal was like the third most popular deck in the chill event of like 600 people. Had like 7% of the uh, metagame, I believe. So it's just, it's it's tough sometimes. You know, you hit one Blacephalon in top eight and it's almost over, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like, I don't know. For me, I just think that, you know, a Decidueye did get into top eight. Yeah, but it look what it like. faced. It faced ADPZ yeah. that had no answer. And then who did it face before that? Um, let's see here. Oh, man. I I lost it. I lost it. There we go. Uh, there's the Desi. So it lost to a mad party. That's a bad matchup. It lost to a... Well, I'm talking, about like, I'm talking about like top cuts. So top 16 faced a rapid strike. Got no answer to that. Win. Yep. Victini or, I mean, if you can set up like Decidueyes, got no answer. Yeah. Win. You got Victini VMAX. If they're not like playing Volcanians and stuff, win. ADPZ, they're not playing Phoebe or literally Aegis Slash, win. So it's like, it's it's not necessarily cheese wins, Sean, but it's like, it's like anything. You know, if you're not prepared to play against control, you're probably going to lose. If you don't know how to play against control, you're probably going to lose. So for me, though, this is where I think you, I think one could, after all this weekend's event, one could make a meta call look at all the lists and say, I'm accepting that I will prob I will lose to Mad Party, probably. Although, the ability to snipe those 20 pings to two bench Pokemon is you not can win. You can win. You can definitely yeah. play that matchup, especially if you play Zigzagoons. Yes. If you play like, if you play like, maybe like a Zigzagoon, you don't have to play the full Opsagoon yeah. line. But if you play the Zigzagoons, you can definitely win that matchup. So, that's what I'm thinking though, is like, you know, if, if you're making a metal call, I think maybe you look at Decidueye, you look at this because Decidueye is the kind of deck that it requires an understanding, similar to Control, it requires an understanding of a metagame to say, okay, this is how I need to build this version of it for now. And I think that it's like a good call. And if you were to like, you know, post meta that decision, knowing that maybe Decidueye gets played a little bit more this next week, I think that a lot of these decks that are playing Nets and Mewtwo, I do think it's worth it to put in one Phoebe. Because if you have a way to recover your supporter, whether that's Eldegoss or, Vic, or uh, Mewtwo, I think putting in one Phoebe and saying, is this potentially a dead card? Maybe. In a lot of matchups, yes, it will be dead. But, so was the Electro Charger. Right. It's, but that's the thing. You can have, it's okay to have one card that's dead in a lot of matchups if it's like having that card means that I can potentially auto win an auto loss. You know, like that mm -hmm. to me, like that's a um, 
if I was playing in these next week events and not playing Decidueye, I might start finding a space for one because I do think Decidueye might be a, might start to be a really interesting call if somebody if somebody tweaks the list right to 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 make it easier to win. I don't know. I here's a great quote from Azul that I heard on a stream. Let everybody else tech for Decidueye. Because if they all tech for Decidueye, they'll beat the Decidueyes, and Decidueye will once again only have one top eight appearance across these four tournaments, and you won't have to worry about it. Sure. I mean, yeah, like, you know, Azul can say, let everybody else tech for it, and then he doesn't have to, and then he just, his deck is just better. Um, well, he is also just a better player. Right. He's just a very good player. So, like, you know, for us plebes, uh, for us plebes. <laughs> throw in a Phoebe. I will say, though, you know, in terms of the meta shares, the average percentage per tournament, Victini variants had an 11.6%. I mentioned the ADPZ had a 12.28% share. Luke Metal had 4.59, which it had that 7% in chill. But then aside from that, it was almost non-existent. It was kind of weird. But with all the fire variants, it, it doesn't honestly surprise me. Rapid Striker Shifu, 8.13%. Sean, it is a very fun list. It is a cool list. People liked Golisopod when it was around. Golisopod is back, baby. But it's fighting. It's bopping Eternatus and it's bopping Pikaram. Um, uh, Pikaram had a 7.17 share, kind of increasing and doing well again. And then Eternatus, 6.5% share. So that is your coverage of the meta. I would love uh, from to see, the Metapod. Yeah, if if anybody out there has been playing the game for many years that listens to the pod, let us know if you've ever seen a meta share where only two decks are above 10% over the course of like four events, four plus events that have 200 plus players. Like I think that's to me that feels like a pretty broad meta if only two decks are at more than 10%. I feel like so here's the here's the thing when I first think is like Zorark. Zorark dominant card. But the thing about Zorark is you could pair it with a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You could play just straight Zorark, you could play Zorark Control, you could play Zorark Decidueye, you could play Zorark um um Ninetales, you could like you could play so many different versions of Zorark mm -hmm. that were so good that I feel like Zorark is one of the closer things, at least within the last like three years, three, four years that you could get to that. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess Garboder, Garboder variants, you know, Espeon Garboder, you like Xander Pair's Espeon Garboder, you have Drampa Garb, you know. But each of these lists is like very different, right? Like, you know, we can combine Victini variants, but. Well, like ADPZ doesn't vary too much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly. But but to me, that it's it's a different kind of um, broad meta, where yeah. it's like it's not like it's not like there's a few cards that are like the anchor, and then you just build a version around that. It's like no, everything is kind professors of professors research, Marty. <laughs> well, yeah, but like those are like just, but like outside of that, you don't have like Pokemon other than yeah. the Dene and Crobat, right? Like support. Pokemon. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's uh, just being a jack wagon. <laughs> Anywho, I, th I think it's a very interesting meta, and um, I can't wait for uh, the ability to play in person again. I do think that I, I definitely have been enjoying this meta more than previously, and I think that Single Striker Shifu 
is my favorite deck right now. Love that deck. It's a lot of fun. I love it. It's not going to win every single game, but I feel like I win enough to where like I'm enjoying the more casual play that I've been doing right now. Well, do you want to... Uh, we were going to talk about a couple of things after this meta meta discussion. Do you want to have your uh like rant psa or do you want to go really quickly into what i was chatting let's go with what you because mine's not really mine's not really i mean mine's a psa it's just like a (laughs) anyways go on sean well i was gonna say i mentioned like i can't wait to play in person um i have a sneaking suspicion uh that right now like the next month month or two so april and, and and may part of may is probably going to be one of the best times to buy singles for cards that you know will not be rotating. Um, And basically what I mean, anything Sword and Shield on, right? I think it's a great time to buy singles because I don't think that the card, like everything in Pokemon relatively for singles is pretty cheap if you're not buying chase cards. Um, You might have a couple of exceptions here and there. I think some of the wrap, like the the Urshifus are still kind of expensive unnecessarily. Yeah. It's like $23 for Rapid Strike, and then it's like 18 for single, I think. Which, I mean, for the regular VMAX versions, to be honest, it's, I think it's a little steep given that it's not playable because I think people look at battle styles and like, well, what should the chase card be? And they kind of turn that into a chase card unnecessarily. But aside from some weird anomalies, um, everything is super cheap right now. I just bought a bunch of singles this last weekend. And the reason I think it's a, now is in particular is a good time I have a suspicion that Pokemon is planning to announce rotation and a tentative start date for um, CP tournaments again at the same day. I, I think that knowing that, at least in the US, I can't speak for Europe, so, but I'm hoping that, assuming that Europe uh, is, Europe and South America are getting some sort of progress on vaccine distribution. Assuming that, you know, things can start back up in August, that's when rotation would happen. That's when a new season would happen. It would make sense for Pokemon to have that all happen at once, just logistically. And, uh, you know, they usually announce rotation, what, in like June? It's like, yeah, it, it's here. Well, I think usually it would have been announced already. I think it would have announced like this week or something like that. Um, but obviously with pandemic and stuff, we have no idea what's going on. I'm trying to find like when uh, April 27th, actually. Yeah. So here in a couple weeks. So that's when they announced the rotation last year. It was late April. I think they'll hold up. I I don't think they'll announce it immediately, but I think that, you know, April and sometime in May, they might make the announcement that they are going to do the rotation. They'll tell you what it is. And I think sometime near there or on the same day, they'll announce a tentative start, assuming things progress. So that's why I think it'll be. I think it'll be a week before the chilling rain. Oh, when they announce the rotation? Mm-hmm. I that think it'll sense. be a week before chilling rain. Chilling um, but Crobat V is right? a $5 card right now, Sean. Right. And so that's the thing. If you buy now, you're going to get a lot of these cards super cheap. I don't think they'll all jump up in price a ton, but Crobat will certainly jump up when everybody realizes you need two of them for most decks now. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it goes from a $5 card to a $10 card, right? And. Cricketune, I think, is another card that, like, you know, nobody is buying it right now because there's no competitive play with a physical card. It's not a sexy card, right? 
But I think Cricketune could be a one. I got a full art Cricketune, and it's a right. beautiful mustache <laughs> of a card. <laughs> but I think that's a card that, you know, it could be a one of in a lot of decks. And that could be like a five, probably a $10 card if it's a one of. Kind of like, um, um, what was the card that pulled a supporter out of deck? Oh, there was Lele? A, yeah, Tapu Lele. It's not going to be as good as Tapu Lele, but it could be like a tier below Tapu Lele. Anyways, that's my, that's my spiel. If you want to... If you're excited about playing physical cards again, I think now is the time to buy. I do agree with Sean. I think now is the time to buy some of those singles like your Crobats that you want to have because I, I do firmly believe that when it's announced again, it's going to jump. Yeah. But anyways, the, the final thoughts of the day, you may have seen me on Twitter uh, make a tweet about a, I'm not going to call anybody out, but just a general uh, statement towards control players and about how about like promoting toxicity almost to control players. And one, I'm not going to rant about how you should stop being toxic towards control players, because I think that's that's a given. We've talked about that before whatever. My main thing is whether you watch uh, YouTube videos, whether you watch Twitch streams, whether you listen to podcasts, whatever. Please do not hold content creators to do no wrong, right? So like Sean and I, we are human. We mess up. We may make a mistake, you know? We may. We will. We do. We do. Yeah, we will. Like, we're we're probably going to make a mistake sometime in the podcast. Maybe it's not something like complete cancellation but <laughs> you know what i mean i'm Sean, telling everybody like, to buy cards now and it's going to plummet in two months and i'm going to but be like, the no. thing is looking through the replies of this specific person it was very apparent that like everyone was like hallelujah pray and everybody everybody who probably follows me on twitter is on twitter in the pokemon cards face knows exactly who i'm talking about and it's just time time again it's every other week we're hearing some apology of a tweet, you know, of, of some sort of whatever. And it's, it's every time it's a flood of replies of like, you're fine, dude, you're cool. When's the next video coming out? Like, uh, like hold people accountable. That's all that I ask. Do not ever hold myself. Do not hold Sean above like justice. Uh, who's just, or is it team a drive is the person you were talking about? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to call them out by name, but I, yes, I mean, it was a drive that I'm whatever. referring to. If you're listening to this pod and you have Twitter, you know, yeah, you just, if you know, you know, but that's, that's my rant of the day. Also be nice to control players. It's a valid archetype that actually doesn't do well right now in the format. So yeah, I, overall, shut up. Yeah. Overall, I would say I saw all the tweet stuff too. Um, yeah, like just, you know, it's it's a twofold thing, I think, for me, which is like, one, you know, if you're playing against anything, whether or not you're a content creator, like if somebody's playing and they're not cheating or whatever, just, I don't know, don't, don't be a jerk about it. If you don't want to play them, you know, like, I person, hate just, just donk quit. decks. <laughs> I hate donk decks, Sean, and Expanded. And I think it's the dumbest deck to ever exist. You know, why why should I not be allowed to play a single card? in the game but do i blame anybody for playing donk decks no it's actually a really crazy easy way to climb ladder 
and yeah. get those ladder points. And you know what? It's actually a really good deck to teach sequencing, in this my opinion. I will Proper say the sequen- difference with the donk deck, though, is you only have to experience a donk deck for like a minute or two. But you have to. Ex- no, you have to experience it for like five minutes. Oh, because they're searching all their deck. But still. Yeah, they only- literally play an entire 60 card deck in the first turn of the game. Yeah. And so you sit there and you munch <laughs> on your popcorn. And if they don't KO you, they automatically scoop. So no matter what, you're not going to play the game. They either <laughs> scoop because they lose the coin flip or they knock you out or they <laughs> scoop because they couldn't knock you out. It's very easy oh. to climb ladder with Donk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, just be nice to people. This is a game. Yeah, just, just stop. Chill. Nobody's cheating. Just God. I just hate. <laughs> everybody and just that's why praise I wanna... the content creators that do good in the world that's what i'm gonna say yeah and that, that's why i want physical games back because online just it breeds so much weird interactions that you don't get when you're sitting across from a human i feel like the online realm has been almost like growing i feel like i've this is just a general thing now i feel like we've gotten i feel like the online realm has shown like more and more toxicity as yeah. we move into the pandemic yeah yeah i think people are like the the initial wave of like oh be kind to everybody we're all in this together like that's all gone everybody's exhausted from the pandemic and i think it's just like nah i'm done it's it's be nice smile if somebody says something mean don't say anything back say have a good day because they probably need it be kind rewind all right kind rewind that's the quote of the day but also that's the metapod pokemon tcg podcast that revolves around the evolving Uh, okay bye (laughs) have a great day